All right, so today we have Kiera Chantel Gamble, who is the founder and creative director of Kiera Chantel Events. As the visionary behind the South Florida-based wedding slash event planning and design firm, Kiera works closely with a wide range of clientele who desire a uniquely designed multi-sensory event experience. Her work has been featured in national publications such as The Knot, Party Slate, Mucha Luchi Bride, and Bee Collective Magazine. She seeks inspiration from fashion, art, and travel to create experimental designs followed through with flawless execution. Welcome to Eventist 365 a show where we talk to proven leaders and trendsetters in the corporate event industry and find out what it takes to create amazing and impactful corporate events. I'm your host, Yanit Costa. Let's start the show. So Kiera, welcome. So excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we're circling up. You know, it's been a while since like we actually chatted, right? Last time we spoke about your business at all. I know you were still, you know, had your mom on your team and like working through things. So before we even dive into the formal things, tell me like a, a funny story that your family says or tells about you that you'd like to share. Funny story. So I think since we're talking about like the event space, I always think I want to say say a story. I just want to say just maybe my attitude or personality when I was a young girl. I have a really close relationship with my grandfather. So my grandfather is actually a retired construction worker manager. He worked in the construction field for about four decades or so. And my mom always jokes. She's like, I've never seen a little girl that always wanted to go to Home Depot. I was always wanting to go to Home Depot with my granddad. And so even to this day, she's like, you've always been home. When I first got started with build outs or DIYs or needing to source materials and things like that, it kind of always felt like home. And it's kind of fun to walk through those stores and know that I always had those memories of spending the weekends with my granddaddy hanging out in Home Depot. So my mom loves to tell that story, how I was that young girl. She's like, girls don't belong at Home Depot, but we belong any place we want to be. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, and I love that you're close with your granddad. I am like super duper close with my granddad. He passed, you know, that was like my homie, like yeah, one of my favorite people in the world. For Definitely sure. has helped set the trajectory of my business because before I was able to call in a production company or a prop company to build certain things or produce certain things. I definitely leaned heavy on his construction background to help me out with a lot of things. And I absolutely love that for you. So do you feel like that relationship really carved out the path for you as an event planner? Yes, I think so. Because like I said, I had all this stuff in my head, but to actually execute it, I didn't know what to do. So, you know, now I'm like, there's so many people I can call where I can design something, render it out and get it produced like that. But when I started years ago, that wasn't always the case. I didn't have access to this high power machinery or laser cut machines and things like that. And um, at, the, at the source of it, it's still very much construction based on build outs. So he was kind of able to help me when I first got started with events to help me, whether it was purchasing lumber, painting, cutting out things and just helping me bring those sketches to life. And I absolutely love that. Talk about like a family business, right? 
So again, granddad sounds like a real inspiration for you. Can you talk more about any of your other professional mentors? Is he just like home based for you? I think very early on about maybe about six, seven years ago or so, I had a mentor that I think like played a very pivotal role in just helping me think bigger. You know, I was very young at the time. I had went to a workshop. I was the youngest person there. I remember it was a couple of days before like my 26th birthday. And me connecting with that person showed me that the world is bigger than what I think. I think being a young girl from Miami and maybe just the environment that you grow up in, you don't dream that big. I thought what I was doing was big, but then it opened my eyes like, oh, there's so much more. There's so much bigger. There's so much things to kind of reach for out there. And I think that person kind of helped really shape that for me to make me realize there's a lot more that you can do when you're kind of only just scratching the surface. And to this day, I feel like I'm just really scratching the surface. So how important do you feel like having a professional mentor is to career development? I think it's super important for many reasons. I think it's important to have someone that has been there that knows what you're going through. And then also, it's kind of like the reach back as you climb. I've been blessed to have people, whether they've been formal or informal mentors or just people that have been in this industry longer than I have that have supported me by way of referrals. You know, maybe your minimum isn't as large as mine, but it's someone that's going to carry me along my career path. So that whole like, hey, I may not be able to do this, but I know someone that is more of an emerging planner that's able to help you. And those have been those things that have kind of helped me continue to elevate and, and get bigger ideas and budgets and things as we move forward in the industry. It sounds like there's a lot of relationship building that you have been able to do. And, and I know when I have conversations with people, people will say, well, Yannick, I'm not like you. I can't just walk up to a stranger. Like, how would you describe yourself? Do you find yourself to be more introverted or extroverted? And Depending on which one, how do you feel like that has impacted your growth? So I definitely think it really just depends. A lot of people are very surprised to learn that I am very introverted. I think I, and I think it's just about, I value my alone time. I value having that peacefulness and that stillness that you can only get when you're alone. Social settings are very draining. However, I do understand oh gosh, that. Yes. Yeah, it's my job, right? Some naturally, if it's like, hey, I'm doing an event or I'm at some place during the weekend, I don't want to be around a bunch of people because I'm literally around so many different personalities, so many different energies. And naturally, you just kind of want to retreat and be alone. So I think sometimes people are surprised that I'm a little bit more introverted and I come off, but I know how to express myself. I know how to hold conversations. And I think too, even if you are a little bit introverted, there's nothing wrong with starting that initial conversation or building that foundation. And then you can always follow up offline. You can always follow up another week where it doesn't feel so overwhelming, like in that space. So yes, I'm introverted, but I'm extroverted when I need to be. Listen, I love that for you because that is me too. I think I could spend most of my days alone and not realize it. And then I go, oh, I probably shouldn't do this forever. That's people. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not gonna work. And then that's actually another reason. Like, that's how this podcast in itself like came about. It was just like, okay, I can't be a recluse forever. I need to like reach out to people and like have conversations and continue to like build these bridges and have these conversations. And what better way to do it than with people within an industry that I'm functioning in? So 
it definitely makes a difference acknowledging who you are, but figuring out a way to like still function within society. Because like you mentioned earlier, like you literally can't get the next step or another stage without working with collaborating with someone else. In that same vein, if you walked away from someone and they told someone else about you, right? Like what's one thing that you want to be remembered for? Like, this is Kiara. I hate to sound cliche because we're in a creative business, but I think that's the main thing is that I brought some level of creativity or uniqueness to whatever space it was, no matter how big or how small. I'm very detail oriented. So I think that I want to be remembered for that. It's very easy to be gimmicky and to be very big scale. But I think people notice those small things, you know, the way you use your fonts, the way you use texture, the way you use color the way scale is, all of that stuff, I think it requires a level of creativity. So I think when it's all said and done, I want people to say, you know what, I always knew that if I called Kiera, she would give you something that was creative and unique, and it was definitely different. Um, I'm not a cookie cutter planner in anything that I do. So it actually bothers me when people request something that I've already done, because I'm just like, no, that's boring. And I'm not here to just be copy and paste. I understand that that's easy and it definitely could be profitable, but it's, it's not something I'm passionate about. So I think just making sure that I am doing work that's creative. So that speaks for me whenever I leave the room. And I love that being creative. I mean, clearly that's a thing that works that would speak really well for anyone within the creative field. But I think that sometimes people think of the corporate event planning space as this very starch, this very inflexible, boring environment where, I mean, you know, I have done my fair share of corporate events and I love an open bar, but sometimes I walk into the room and I'm like, well, this is underwhelming. Yeah. Like this is super duper underwhelming. So like, talk to me about, we know like you've been working in this event planning space, the whole, or not even event plan, this event design space, because that's kind of how you describe yourself as an event designer, not just an event planner. So talk to me about how your background in event design has really helped you with that pivot from not just the wedding planner or special events planner, but also how you're functioning within the corporate event space and how you're taking that creativity, right? That thing that you're going to be remembered for into that space to make it more impactful. So I think... Whenever I speak with a client, I'm always like, what are your objectives? And and you'll be surprised that sometimes they don't have an objective or they don't think about the aesthetics. They don't have any objectives in a corporate. Maybe we want to throw an event, right? And we want it to look nice. But what are your goals for this? Is it just for right now? Or is it to carry on? And that's always my thing. I think sometimes, sometimes with corporate- That blew my mind. I'm sorry. I, I was like, there is no way. <laughs> I, I feel like, like we can be short, they can be short-sighted. Like you said, oh, we're having an event where there's an open bar, but how is that taking you beyond that night? A better thing, right? So I'm always just like, well, the aesthetics is what's always going to be memorable. Yes, people want to eat good, drink good, but that in two hours, you won't remember that. So how are you kind of carrying? Yeah, literally in two hours, it's gone, right? After you eat some more d'oeuvres, you have, you, you throw back a couple cocktails. But what I'm seeing now is that because, you know, we live in a social media age, we should definitely be paying attention to the aesthetics. 
whether it's an activation, whether it's something that's, you know, Instagrammable, something that's fun. So I've used that kind of experience in the social and wedding space that tends to be a really big emphasis on pretty. And I'm like, okay, well, you can be pretty and be corporate. You can think of your name or your brand or your creative partners or your stakeholders in those spaces as well. And it can look nice so that the people that are attending your event, like you said, it's not just we're flocking to the bar, like we're actually enjoying this experience. And we're able to kind of carry that on, whether we're posting about it, whether we do a write up about it, things like that. So the details can always carry over the same way I would have a wedding and I would have a monogram or I'd have a party and I would have a theme. Well, you can envision that monogram being used as your company logo, whether it's drink toppers, whether it's cupcakes, whether it's a floor wrap, whether it's a unique backdrop and not just a standard vinyl step and repeat. I think that it can be used interchangeably. Like you don't, it's just about how are you thinking about it, but it doesn't have to be like, oh, weddings have to look like this or parties have to look like this and social events have to look one way. You have a brand as a foundation. So now just make that brand pair it with the right aesthetic so that it creates an overall experience. Absolutely. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about like different things that, you know, me and my team have worked on in terms of experiential design. And that's like the pocket that we call it when we're like putting together different like actual brand activations for people to walk through. The entire thing is about like having an experience, right? And sometimes people don't even think about that. They're like, oh, well, you know, we got round tables, six rounds, put some chairs on and we put the logo at the front door with a pull-up banner and it's like. Right. And it's multi-sensory. Yeah. Literally, I plan every event with the approach of what's the multi-sensory experience. And when you think of all of your senses, what does it look like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? the textures if you're sitting at a table like you said if i'm sitting at a round table is there some texture on this linen is it a nice menu card or program or things like that so that it's really evoking all of your senses when you're in that that event i completely love that that's like a thought process for you and i love that that's what you're like implementing within like a corporate space because people just really take it for granted so Kind of spin off from that. What's one thing that your business has done that you did not expect it to do? Oh, that's a hard one. I I think about thinking about what I said earlier about just like thinking big. I think when I first started out, I just wanted to do good work. And now being able to be recognized for their work, whether it's being featured or publications or blogs or even podcasts, things like that. To be very honest, I was very heads down, just very thinking about just doing the work. So I think that never was like a goal for me. And now that it's here, it's like, oh, sky's the limit. Like you have a perspective, you have something interesting that you can say. So I think that's been the biggest thing for me. Some of the events and some of the, whether it's the amount of people, whether it's the budget, whether it's the experience, you just don't think that it's attainable sometimes because you just haven't seen it yet. But now that I've been exposed to it, I'm like, I never thought we would touch some of this stuff. And like I said, we're just scraping the surface. So, and I can't help but ask this question, you know, Black woman to Black woman. As a Black woman, how do you feel your cultural background enhanced or, I mean, even harmed your experiences within the corporate event space? Because God knows it could do both. So I don't necessarily think that it has enhanced it per se, but from a harm perspective, I mean, just being honest, I think, When we say things like biases and racism and things like that, it really exists. And so I think 
none of us can sit here and just say, oh, long as we work hard, that we're going to have the same opportunities as other people. I think being Black, being a woman, it's two things against you sometimes. And I think, too, sometimes we look at the event industry. I guess it has this pretty picture sometimes. And when you think of an event planner, you automatically think feminine, you automatically think a woman. But I think as you work more in the industry, you see that males still are very dominant in, in all industries that you do. So even if you have a planner, you may have working with an engineer or AV tech or a catering company or a bar service, anything that's still very male dominated. So I think more so just having to assert myself and just create that presence of I'm here. I have value. What I say is going to be listened to. It's going to be respected. I think that's the kind of been, I want to say a harm or something that we've kind of had to push for. As far as things that's helped, I think it's opportunities where I know someone is like, we're looking for a Black woman or a Black person to fulfill this role, or this is an event that is steered towards a Black demographic or population. Of course, having that experience of me not needing to wonder what that is or what that looks like, because that's the life that I live, is definitely helpful. I know you plan a Juneteenth Freedom Ball. Maybe that's like a really great point or a really great, this is a really great point in the conversation to kind of like talk about what the process is to plan, produce and design an event like that because it was absolutely gorgeous. Like, I don't think anyone could possibly look through those images or anyone who was there could say that it wasn't like clearly a once in a lifetime experience that you just had to be there. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, it definitely was a fun experience. It was stressful. So there was some talk about the event, but the trigger wasn't pulled on the event until about, I want to say a week and a half. I don't think, I don't even think I had a two week lease. So of course, you know, we're in this, this new normal with the big C word. COVID has made things a lot difficult. I don't find myself as lucky or as fortunate to be able to snap my fingers I used to just because we know shortages and inflation and things are just not the same anymore. However, I do have a very strong group of creative vendors that I use very often. So I can lean on those for those, lean on them for those favors and be able to say, hey, we have to produce this really quickly. So yeah, as a black woman, right before Juneteenth became popular, quote unquote, or just something that was a little bit more celebrated, a little bit more well-known. For me personally, this is something that I have known about for years since I was probably, I don't know, in high school or definitely before I went to college and things like that. But I never saw it really celebrated down here. So I was actually really excited to be approached like, hey, this is us changing that narrative. This is us saying, okay, we're free. Now what? Let's celebrate Let's empower each other. Let's create an evening where there's, a, you know, we can facilitate new relationships and networking. Let's eat cuisine that is reminiscent of, you know, having some Southern cultures, soul food cultures, things like that. Let's give a little education. Let's push it forward. So that was actually really good. And of course, a Black woman had to do it. Who else was able to do it? <laughs> because can't we do everything? <laughs> yes. It's just the thing. And I love that. So what are some out-of-the-box things that you feel like corporate event planners, I know we spoke about like the Instagrammable moments, right? But what are some out-of-the-box ideas you feel like corporate event planners can do to increase brand visibility with attendees and non-attendees? So I think, of course, with a lot of things going virtual, 
that is still a good space to stay in. I think it's important to still create a very engaging virtual experience, even if you're having in-person events, because then it's kind of like sky's the limit. Of course, when you walk into a building, you're going to have a capacity, but you have a bigger reach if you if you do that online as well. So I think creating both of those type of events where it's a hybrid mix of in-person and also virtual is going to be good because that kind of keeps that conversation going and it kind of casts a larger net out there when it comes to your brand. I'm always like, what's the entrance? Big first impressions or everything. So I heard you speak about like designing a lot of entrances and things like that. I think technology is really big. Like we're literally on our phones, on our computers all day. So I think incorporating that technological standpoint, whether it's, you know, the TikTok or the, the geotags, the GIFs, the filters, all of that stuff, I think it's important because once again, that kind of carries the brand and it kind of allows people to put their own twist on something. If you're able to just have maybe some brand colors or logos or slogans and things that you can kind of give the user and kind of let them create their own story to tell when they're recapping it on social media, you know, anything Instagramable from a activation standpoint, I'm always like the banners are done. No one wants to stand in front of a banner. I think we should be thinking more of a artistic standpoint and architectural standpoint. You think about when you go travel and you kind of see if you're in a major city and you see that, you know, you're here kind of look, that kind of stuff should be incorporated in the corporate spaces because that's the thing that's going to make people say, go over there and take my picture. And while that person looks cute, it's pushing your brand forward. And that's what's most important. Absolutely. Love that. Appreciate that. More so because I can't tell you how many times someone goes, yeah, go take a picture in front of the back. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> it's not cute. <laughs> Do we have the lighting? You don't even have a ring light. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I definitely love the emphasis that you placed on user-generated content, right? It's something that I talk about pretty frequently. User-generated content definitely makes a completely different impact with people because sometimes people don't even trust brands anymore. Like we're not going to talk about Walmart and Juneteenth. But, you know, it's hard to trust a brand to tell us their story. But it's a completely different thing when a brand gives the users, right, the ability to share their experience in a way that still propels their brand forward. So I love you for that. Well, now random sky's the limit, right? If you won, you know, $10 million tomorrow, what are you spending it on? Some type of private island, somewhere, a strip of land on the beach, somewhere where I could sleep with my windows open and hear the waves, the water, the beach, ocean is so relaxing to me. That's my runaway, my getaway. So you want to live where I live? I mean, I may say you got a little piece of something over there that I could, you know, get it. Listen, you are more than welcome to come and visit me in Jamaica. I literally wake up in the morning and I took it for granted. I wake up in the morning and like I hear birds just like, chirpy and I didn't realize that it was happening until I recorded like an Instagram video and posted and someone was like are those birds in the background I was like it is like is that people yeah I need to just take it in a bit more so I've been spending my mornings taking it in a bit more so I'm very grateful but hopefully you come all down and like have the experience with me 
All right, we're going to rein it back to like the actual planning stuff. What line items you feel like are must-haves in corporate event budgets? And what kind of dollars are you suggesting? I mean, you just finished talking about the standard backdrop and not even a ring light. That sounds like lighting for photography is pretty important. I was going to say lighting is very important. One, as a Black woman, we need to be lit properly. <laughs> and two, it's true. And two, just like you said, from the user-generated content. Of course, if you have your, the brand have their own photographer, videographer walking around with the light, they're able to create something a little bit better than a random person. So I think definitely having better lighting, like I said, technology, things like that, things that will easily be, you know, high five figures, maybe even six figures, depending on what it is you're incorporating. Renderings, I'm excited to see that, like a lot of renderings where you can kind of create all these images, things that can kind of change throughout the night things that's given a 3D effect, I would definitely say that brands should be kind of investing in that so that as the night goes on, it kind of progresses and the environment kind of changes. Food is always a big one, you know, like you said, a bar, food, but step outside of the box, you know, how are we doing cute drinks? Are we doing more of a mixology, doing more of that display presentation and we can still have it branded you know, whether it's toppers or drink stirs or, or cups or things like that, but that experience of creating that cocktail and maybe it ties into the brand, whether from a science, a technology standpoint, color standpoint, color theory of how that ties in or just something historical. I think that's important as well. But yeah, definitely more of, like you said, we're not doing an, an eight by eight vinyl anymore creating those kind of a more of a set design is what i think definitely should be allocated for i love it definitely here for it so if you had to write a book tomorrow what are you writing about hmm. if i had to write a book tomorrow i would probably write about i hate to sound so cliche but like a then and now like before covid I feel like I know we're sick of having the conversation, but I just really feel like I find myself on a weekly basis still very much educating people how this world is not the same. It has affected the event space so much. And so, yeah, significantly. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we make it fiction. Maybe we literally go through the life of an event planner pre and post COVID and what that, what that looks like. So people can really think we're telling the truth when we're like you can't like that 100k doesn't get you what it got you in 2019 it just it's interesting that you said that because as I am looking at like the trajectory of my business right it's significantly changed because who we were servicing in 2020 or even before 2020 was primarily like real estate developers medical professionals I can't even remember the other one because that's how much I don't work with them now because the event design space, like actual event space, they lost so much of their workforce because people were like running away. They were like, all right, well, you know, we're not going to be having any events. So I need to go, you know, figure out how to use my skills in like all these other departments, all these other things. And so now the actual event space outside of like having to pay a bit more for material, they also are lacking the workforce because everybody is like, all right, well, you know, I'm sorry, I don't do events anymore. I do, I don't know, shoe shining. So it's crazy. And so like, we're able to come in and kind of like fill in that gap. Like, all right, well, we know how to do this stuff, especially the virtual stuff. Oh, we can do that. No big deal. Bloop, 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 bloop. All right. So before I let you go, right, I feel like this is 
a top tier question. You know, I'm all about sharing the love. I'm all about making sure everybody has the right information to educate themselves and continue to propel themselves to the next step. So what are three other podcasts that you would recommend to my audience and why? So I listened to, well, since we're having a conversation about, you know, being in the Black space, although it's not event perspective, excuse me, it's not corporate, Q I do is a Black podcast. And just to hear that narrative of she started because she felt like when she was getting married, she didn't see a lot of wedding podcasts specifically when she felt like she could relate to with Black brides. So I think we're talking about like that cultural aspect of just maybe hearing some of the nuances or some of the things that, you know, you can only relate to if you're Black, that could be a good perspective. Don't make me lie on the name. Jeez, you know how you have people in your thing, but you can't think of it? Uh-huh. It's oh, another God. one that I do. Is it wedding pro kind of thing? Because once again, I am big on, I feel like you can listen to things and still apply it to your arena, right? So I still very much listen to the wedding-based kind of people. But then I still be like, well, how could that work for a brand? How could that work for like a corporate space or things like that? Side Pro is always good. That one just popped up. Once again, led by a Black woman. I'm always going to lead with that. <laughs> and I think it's cool because it shows it shows people like how much you have to hustle and sometimes work that business before you move on. And I just like hearing some of those kind of stories is great. And what an industry inside it is the other one with Timeline Genius. I, like, I enjoy that one as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kira, for taking the time to chat with me and share your knowledge. I know that people are going to definitely get a lot from this, especially when it comes to just being able to think outside the box and like push themselves to a completely different level in the corporate event planning space. So thank you so much. Please, before you go, talk to the people and tell them where they can find you online. All my socials are Kiera Chantel Events. So K-E-A-I-R-A-C-H-A-N-T-E-L-L, no E, and in Chantel Events. <laughs> so I'm sure you'll drop that information because sometimes it's, it's easy to get that misspelled, but we're there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to seeing your podcast continue to flourish. If this sounds like a show you'd listen to and you're down to learn with someone who's just trying to get through life one day at a time, go ahead and hit subscribe. When you listen to the episodes, if you really like them, which I suspect you will, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Trying to hit some platform milestones, so, you know, please take a minute to do so. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.